Kelly and Kelly. Previously on This Sounds Serious. Uh, she is 28 years old, five foot five, 140 pounds. I was looking into the case of Melissa Turner, a 28-year-old woman from Twin Falls, Idaho, who had gone missing in 2017. And this wasn't the first time she'd disappeared. I never met Melissa. I never interviewed her. The only footage I have of her is from her Instagram page where she used to make videos of these little origami penguins. I don't mind being a penguin with a purple beak, but it makes it hard to disappear in a crowd. I made the connection that Jimmy Klein was involved. Listen, you need to arrest the mayor, okay? She killed my girlfriend. Jimmy's mother, Rhoda, is the mayor of Tom Day, and she's the one Jimmy accused of Melissa's murder. But the police never investigated her, and I wanted to know why. I don't know, Gwen. Listen, sweetheart, I know that you are so desperate for a story. And then, in the middle of our investigation, Jimmy took a hardware store hostage and said this. Dead. She's dead, Jimmy? Yeah. All right, where is she, Jimmy? Uh, uh, Check the barrel. The barrel. So, along with my producer Dave, I snuck into Rhoda's backyard at night and started opening a barrel. Let's go. Let's go. Now, now, now. I'm expecting to find the worst. And if I do, it means that either Jimmy is telling the truth and Rhoda really did kill Melissa, or Jimmy killed Melissa and Rhoda's been covering it up. It's the finale of This Sounds Serious, Missing Melissa, a CastBox original. Got it. Are you giving me the flashlight? Sure. Is that it in here? Yep. At this point, I need to tell you something. I feel really conflicted about what I'm doing in a lot of different ways. I feel like so much of the true crime genre is even more morbid than it has to be. So many documentaries and podcasts tell the stories of victims, usually young women, sadly, who suffered some dehumanizing act at the hands of another person. And the program then further dehumanizes the victim by describing them in terms of evidence and lab tests. It's all in the service of solving their murder, but it can be hard to take. And I realize that more than ever as I'm removing the lid from a barrel in the dark. No, I don't want to find Melissa's body in this barrel. And I don't want to find her body because I don't want her to be dead. Because I want there to be some other explanation. But as Dave is about to shine his flashlight into the barrel, I let this go. Because I know that this is how it ends. As much as I don't want it to be true. I'm looking for a person and every part of me believes I will find her in here. Oh my God. What? What is it? No, I'm afraid to look. And then? It's... That's... I'm wrong. There's no body in there. It's... It's just clothes. The barrel is full of clothes. It's just a bunch of old shirts and pants and shoes. 
maybe a few handbags. No body, no Melissa. I'm relieved. Wait, 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 what is that? What is that? Is that a shirt? Pick it up. No, 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 wait, 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 put your, th- put your gloves on first. Okay. But I spotted something. There was this shirt with a duck on it. She was wearing this black t-shirt with a cartoon duck on it. We'll circulate a photo with the press packet. Could this be the shirt Melissa was wearing when she was last seen on the gas station security camera? It's hard to focus. We've been on the property longer than I was expecting. I can hear my heart pounding in my ears. We quickly bag it up and leave. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I start thinking about this shirt and how it's going to tie the mayor to Melissa. But then... Police have located the Subaru Outback belonging to Melissa Turner, the 28-year-old Idaho woman reported missing in June of 2017. Officials say a group group of 10-year-old boys had been riding their bikes in the quarry near Highway 395 about an hour north of Tom Day when they discovered Melissa's car. Uh, We were all biking around the quarry. I'd never been there before, but, but Brendan said he heard there were some really cool jumps and my bike slid halfway down the cliff and when I went to get it, that's when I saw the car. It, it was totaled. Like, it looked like someone had driven off a cliff. And I was like, guys want to see a dead body? But um, there wasn't one. Uh, it, it was just an empty car. Melissa's father, Bruce, gave the news a statement over the phone. Obviously, we're very confused. Um, we're relieved that there's some evidence that Melissa is out there. And uh, we, we want to thank everyone for their prayers. And Chief Brand of the Tom Day Police Department spoke to reporters at the quarry. Any updates on the crime case? At this time, we are expanding our search perimeter, and we are analyzing evidence that was found in Miss Turner's vehicle. Is it true that there's a piece of evidence in the car that links her to Mr. Klein? I can't confirm that at this time. I can say that Mr. Klein is in custody for an unrelated incident, and we will be questioning him. Thank you. Thank you. No more questions. That piece of evidence the reporter is talking about turned out to be a stick of incense, a sample of the incense Jimmy had been making at home. It was found on the floor of the car. I've been working on this vanilla scent, and, you know, I thought it was going to be good, but then um, it just turned out just bitter. The consensus around town is that it looks very much like Jimmy may have killed Melissa disposed of the car in the quarry, and disposed of her body somewhere else. After the emotional roller coaster I had just been through in Rhoda's backyard, I was shaken up by the news, and I wasn't alone. Oh, everyone is upset about it. That's city manager Don Ruggiero, or Papa Don. This, quite honestly, is the biggest thing to happen to Tom Day since Palm Pilot didn't build a plant. And that's something that didn't happen. So this is the biggest thing to happen here for sure. And while Rhoda was fighting to save her son from prison, she was also fighting to keep her job. I think we need to put this ugliness behind us and get back to business. It's a doozy. That car was obviously not supposed to be found. And with Jimmy's stuff in there, how much more evidence do you need? I mean, come on. 
Papa Don said he hadn't been in touch with Rhoda, but the rumor in town was that Jimmy was being interrogated for the murder of Melissa Turner. You know, like everyone, I'm incensed by the incense proving that he's not innocent. Innocent. It doesn't look good for him. And a couple days later, Don's suspicion was proven true when a Boise TV station broadcast leaked footage of Jimmy's confession. So you and Melissa were close, right? Yeah. But you weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, were you? No. Did you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend? I don't know. Did you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend, Jimmy? Yes, no. Maybe so. Maybe so. Hmm. Maybe so. Maybe so. It's pretty hard to watch. It's clear the police have come to the conclusion that Jimmy killed Melissa, and they seem to be pressuring him to confirm their beliefs. Did you kill her before or after you pushed the car into the quarry? At one point, it takes a bizarre turn that doesn't have anything to do with the crime. Do you like John Mellencamp, Jimmy? I guess. Old Donnie M knew what you were going through. Hurt so good. Come on, baby, make it hurt. So good. Sometimes love don't feel like it should. You make it. Just when it seems like Jimmy could hold out forever, the police elicit a confession using some pretty questionable tactics. Jimmy, did you love Melissa? Yes. Did you love her enough to kill her? Oh, yeah, definitely. Wait, no. Oh, we got him, we got him. No, I... Yeah, we did, we got you. You've been got. This doesn't sit right with me. I've seen confessions before. This was bad. There isn't even a body. All the police have is her car, a piece of incense, and Jimmy saying he had a crush on Melissa. The sad thing is, I've seen this before. Here's how it's going to go. Jimmy's going to be indicted for the murder. He could fight it, hire a lawyer, and probably bankrupt his family. Or he could plead guilty. Whichever way he goes, he's probably going to spend the rest of his life in prison. The justice system just wants a conviction. They want a body. And the confession gets leaked and is broadcast, which jeopardizes any chance Jimmy had at a fair trial. The whole thing leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It feels like Jimmy's being railroaded. The system failed him, but moreover, it failed Melissa. If it does go the way I describe, Jimmy will be convicted and Melissa will no longer be a cold case. In the eyes of the law, it'll be solved and her family will never know what happened to her. It's a confession, um, but it's not proof enough for us. We are going to keep holding out hope that Melissa's out there somewhere. Maybe Ann Arbor. And maybe Jimmy did do it. But that doesn't change the feeling in the pit of my stomach. The feeling that there's got to be more to it. Ah, 
yeah, yeah. It's a great time to be a DNA expert. That's Dr. Stephanie Fung. She works at a private genetic testing lab in Northern California. DNA testing is answering a lot of really important questions these days, like, do you have any Irish in you? Do you want some? Remember that shirt we collected from the barrel in Rhoda's backyard? The one with the duck on it that looked like what Melissa was last seen wearing? Well, I asked the police. They weren't interested in it. So I sent it along to Dr. Fung with a few DNA samples to compare it to. Uh, DNA testing is your body's unique signature. Like a tiny little bit of your hair or blood or spit contains information that is unique to you and you alone. And we take that blood and we ship it to a Walgreens in Silicon Valley and they test it in their little robot thing. And that's why I felt it was so important to test the shirt. Presumably, if it is Melissa's shirt, it will have some of her DNA on it. Yes, the shirt. It did contain quite a bit of DNA material, actually. Uh, There were a few hairs, a lot of bits of skin, and a lot of sweat. And there was a tiny bit of that person's blood. But, yes, uh, the shirt was a match for, let's see here, I think two of the three samples he sent over. The three DNA samples I sent belong to Melissa, Jimmy, and Rhoda. And I am sure you're anxious to hear the results. Uh, Just give me a second here. The blood and sweat, those belong to... uh, mm, Just uh, give me a second here. I have it somewhere in my room, I think. Uh, Just do this basket of clothes and I... Well, I think it's in my backpack. One second. Let me just open my backpack. I think it's in my... Sorry, I should have gotten this ready before, but, uh, you know, eating the dog, wash my hair and stuff. Okay, uh, I think I found it. Yes, I... Oh, no, that's my report card from my night classes. Um, okay, and, uh, yeah. Oh, here. But before we get to that... We have to take a little break. And I am sure you're anxious to hear the results. Uh, Give me a second here. The blood and sweat uh, belong to Melissa. Melissa. And there was uh, no match with the male sample. And it looks like uh, both the samples were female. Let's stop right here because I want you to be able to fully grasp what this means. It means Melissa and Rhoda both came in contact with the same shirt. Presumably Melissa was wearing it, and Rhoda, I'm not sure. But this means they were likely in the same place at the same time. And Melissa's sweat was on the shirt, and some of her blood too. Not much, trace amounts. So that's what it means. Here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean Rhoda killed Melissa. Not necessarily. There are plenty of ways hair can get transferred from individual to individual. I'm still finding hairs on my clothes from my cat that died six years ago. But this evidence also doesn't let Jimmy off the hook. Just because his DNA wasn't on her shirt doesn't absolve him of murder. This DNA only suggests Melissa and Rhoda were in the same place at the same time. But it doesn't rule out Jimmy being there too. In fact, I think all three of them were together. I'll tell you what I think happened. Jimmy and Melissa met online through Jimmy's incense videos. 
Okay, I'm getting strong notes of sandalwood and magnolia, kind of a beach vibe. They both saw each other as an opportunity. Melissa saw Jimmy as a chance to go missing from Twin Falls. They call her America's most missing person. The thing about Melissa Turner is she went missing a lot. What are you going to do with a girl like Melissa? Eventually, she's going to go missing again. Jimmy saw Melissa as someone who could help him get out of Tom Day, out from his mother's shadow, out from a future in politics that he never wanted. I can't imagine what it must feel like to be Jimmy. You know, son of the mayor. I don't know why my mom puts up so many photos of us. Like, maybe it's her hobby or something. Mm. I'm not sure. Of course it's my hobby! (laughs) So they hatched a plan to go to Portland together and to do their incense business. No, I mean, it wasn't going to be like a store or anything. It was just like incense consulting. They weren't a couple. They were just two lost souls who found each other at the right time. I think Jimmy maybe thought they were closer than they really were, but they definitely, you know, they were tight, though. Melissa arrived in Tom Day on the afternoon of Wednesday, June 7th, 2017, a few hours after she left Riddle, Idaho. And she went to Jimmy's house while Rhoda was at work. And when Rhoda came home, she met Melissa, the embodiment of everything she feared, an outsider who was going to take away her son, her only immediate family member. That town's, you know, her, her entire world. That and Jimmy. No, I don't think Rhoda killed Melissa in a fit of rage. But maybe there was a fight, a struggle. Rhoda and Melissa, maybe Jimmy too. And there was an accident. Melissa fell down the stairs or hit her head on the mantle. And they had time to hide the body and the car because nobody knew Melissa was in town. Nobody was looking for her. Why did you you wait nine days to report her missing? She's a grown woman. She doesn't have to check in with us and... We all know this isn't the first time she's gone missing. So the next day, Rhoda drove Melissa's car to the quarry. That's why she couldn't be reached when Jimmy held up the bank. And Jimmy, despondent, held up the bank and demanded the police arrest his mother. Listen, 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 listen. You need to arrest the mayor, okay? She killed my girlfriend. Okay, who's your girlfriend? Melissa Turner. It all lines up, doesn't it? It all makes sense. But the thing is, that's not what happened. You have one new voice message. Hi, Gwen. I've been listening to your show. My name is, uh, uh, well, I I don't want to say. I got this voicemail. I work at a gas station in a town called Perry Park, Kentucky. And uh, we don't get too many people coming in here. But the people we do get, I'll tell you this, they are cray-cray. <laughs> There's one thing you need to know about this person. She says the word cray a lot. It's kind of distracting. So uh, the other day, we get this lady. She coming through here. She's looking over her shoulder, you know, like she's going to rob the place or something. I mean, I didn't know what it was, but the energy, it was cray. I mean, she was acting. This is a cray, cray situation. And you know what she gets, okay? A Swiss Army knife, some Skittles, scratching wind ticket, a big old thing of rope, and a bunch of loose peanuts. And then, get this, $3 of gas. I mean, does that sound familiar to you? Okay, now listen to this. Here's what the gas station attendant said Melissa bought two years ago in Riddle, Idaho. Watch, 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 watch. Swiss Army knife? A Swiss Army knife. Skittles. Some Skittles. Scratch and win. Scratch and win ticket. 50 feet of rope. A big old single rope. Now watch. She goes back again, grabs a single peanut. 
a bunch of loose peanuts. Oh, it's, it's, it's cuckoo. And then, get this, $3 of gas. We don't get too many people who come in here, pay $3 worth of gas, and then start sneaking around like I can't see them. Huh? And there's one more interesting detail about this woman in Kentucky. And when it was time to pay, she opens up her wallet and all these gift cards fall out. I mean, Victoria's Secret, uh, Home Depot, Best Buy, H&M, Applebee's. Remember, there's a theory that Melissa could be surviving solely on gift cards. A few months before she went missing, she won a raffle at work. Yeah, at the company Christmas party, she won a gift card from Applebee's. It was big, too, man. It was like a thousand bucks or something. She could have loaded up on these things before she disappeared. And there's no way to trace those gift cards the way you can a credit card. I mean, that that's a weird coincidence, I think. What I really believe happened is this. Melissa's not dead. Melissa decided to go missing for good, and she used Jimmy to make it happen. When Melissa left Twin Falls on the morning of June 7th, 2017, she was fulfilling her life's goal to finally disappear forever. I'm the girl who isn't there. I'm the one who disappears. One day, everyone will see this is who I am. I'll go missing and never come back. And to do that, she would have to convince the police that she had been murdered so nobody would come searching for her. But she needed someone to take the fall. Hey guys, once again, it's me, Sniffy Jim Whiffer. So she arranged to visit Jimmy. He was erratic enough to be a murderer. It's a real gun. Okay, Jimmy. Jimmy, have you heard anybody? And naive enough to admit to a crime he didn't commit. Did you love her enough to kill her? Oh yeah, definitely. He was home that day and his mother was at work. Jimmy and Melissa hung out for a little while, and then she told Jimmy she needed to go get something outside. So she walked out to her car, dropped the incense inside, changed out of her duck shirt. Maybe she intentionally cut herself just enough to plant blood on the shirt. Remember, she had bought a Swiss army knife earlier that morning. She grabbed a few possessions and ran. And when she didn't come back, Jimmy began to worry that something had happened. You know, someone the other day asked me, like, if there's a scent that you use when, you know, things are out of control. But what about Rhoda? Melissa couldn't have known what she would do, but Rhoda's reaction probably ended up helping Melissa disappear. When Rhoda got home, she saw the car and maybe she saw the bloodstained shirt. When she pressed Jimmy about it, he said it was Melissa's, but he couldn't explain where she was. I think Rhoda jumped to the conclusion that Jimmy had killed Melissa, so she began trying to cover it up. It's safe to assume that Jimmy thought Rhoda killed Melissa, We know that because of the hostage call, and maybe that's because she was now frantically cleaning everything up, disposing of Melissa's belongings, including her car. And while she was dumping the car at the quarry, Jimmy took the bank hostage. 911, what's your emergency? Hi, hi, this is uh, Jimmy Quarry. And for 36 hours, he asked the police to arrest his mother, Rhoda Day. Listen, 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 you need to arrest the mayor. And Rhoda just laid low for a while. After all, she knew nobody would believe him. It was just Jimmy being Jimmy. But this is just Jimmy being Jimmy. And Melissa's plan worked. Even though the police didn't connect Jimmy to her disappearance at first, she was able to go missing. And Jimmy went to prison for what he did. And now he might go to prison 
for what he didn't do. It's not your fault, and, and, and I'm a good person. A few times throughout this podcast, I've had to stop and remind myself not to lose sight of the victim in all of this. This was Melissa's story, not her killer's. Well, that's still true, but this whole time I've been approaching the story from the wrong angle. Melissa isn't the victim here. Jimmy is. Wow, I didn't know avocado could mix with cinnamon, but there it is. It's right there, right in front of you. Sweet and earthy, you know, it's something your nose can can really chew on, and that's nice. So much of this podcast is about how the system failed, but in the end, I feel like I'm the one who failed. I failed Jimmy. He's a fascinating guy, a troubled guy, but he's not a murderer. And I do expect the charges against him will be dropped, but it doesn't change the fact that in the search for the truth, I got lost. And I also feel like I failed Rhoda. She welcomed me to her town, even when I gave her every reason not to. Then I dissected every personal and political decision she's made over the past 30 years. And when she got upset, I became even more suspicious of her. And there's something else. I got a letter in the mail. It was an envelope with no return address and a postmark from Cincinnati, Ohio. Inside was a folded up piece of paper, an origami penguin, like the one Melissa posted years ago on her Instagram. Penguins aren't known to fly, but this one can, and it can fly anywhere in the world at once. Okay, this has been Melissa. Bye-bye, bye-bye world. She's out there, and she doesn't want to be found. One last note. We thought it would be a good idea to commission a song for the end of the season. Because of the pace of production, we weren't able to give the songwriter all the details he needed. And we predicted an end of the story that turned out to just be inaccurate. And for that, I'm sorry. Deep down in the quarry At the far end of town Jimmy killed Melissa Put her body in the ground Deep down in the quarry Sniffy Jimmy snuffed her out The whole town was blind to Rhoda's political cloud And our songwriter got pretty carried away. I'm sorry. And the last thing that he'll smell is his own hair As they turn the switch on the electric chair Can't help you when you're in hell There ain't no online smell community to tell About the sulfur and the burning flesh you smell
This Sounds Serious, Missing Melissa was produced by Kelly and Kelly. Written by Dave Shemka, Mark Chavez, and Pat Kelly. Starring Carly Pope, Aaron Reed, and Linda Boyd. Additional voices by Peter Oldring, Sarah Erickson, Amy Goodmurphy, Mark Chavez, Cam McLeod, Ryan Beal, Andrew Barber, Angela Galanopoulos, Christine Bordelin, John Stewart, David Milchard, Taz Van Rassel, Brent Butt, Dino Archie, Ryan Steele, Brianna Rayner, Emmett Hall, Tara Pratt, Lisa Christensen, Abdul Aziz, Nima Golamipur, Colin Cowan, Kevin Lee, Caitlin Howden, Diana Bang, Kyle Fines, Tom Hill, Devin McKenzie, Dave Shimka, Kayla Lorette, Jen Bohm, and Dan Mangan. I'm Gwen Radford. Thanks for listening to This Sounds Serious. 